something about barbs. No, a Ferris. Maybe we can have him sing as Ferris. <laughs> Ferris is telling the tale. That's that's our intro. <laughs> I imagine Ferris gets drunk and probably sings, but he's not a very good singer. <laughs> he would be the singer. The singer? I guess it would have to be I guess it would make more sense for it to be Ferris. Yeah. I mean, maybe Ferris it could be Owen and Percival. Oh, and first, yeah, that is a really good, uh... <laughs> the traveling magical merchant. Um, shit. Uh, yeah, no, I'd probably it'd have to be Ferris, Barb, Owen, Versifer. Nope, nope, that wouldn't work. I was gonna say it could be, uh, Orville, Fre- it could be Orville Fresh, but he wasn't with him, you know. Who was that? He was the hero that, that oh, died in the, in the one-shot. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <clears throat> yeah, that you played your... Thrawn. Thrawn, and what was the other one? Was it... Lelf. So our current party, or our party before uh, everybody came in, because we're still trying to figure out who everybody is, they kind of just tagged along. Hopefully next session we can find a nice little tavern and talk about each other to each other. Um, But the traveling party was, uh, in the beginning, it was uh, Tia, who is played by uh, me. She is a bard. Now she is a bardlock. Sentinel in training. And then there was Otto, who was played by Danny, who was a halfling druid. There was Ferris, who is a sentinel, also my favorite NPC, Bard. After all the shit you guys gave me about getting her to Bard, now he is everybody's favorite NPC. Ferris is your favorite NPC. Everybody knew Ferris was my favorite NPC before the whole shit with Bard happened. There's a lot about Bard you don't know. That's true, but Ferris's uh, Ferris's pool isn't as deep as Bard's. That was it. Right? No, Gazebo. Gazebo is a goblin uh, who his entire family was killed by Frigg. Gazebo and his family were living with a goblin settlement at the bottom of a of a riverbed because uh-huh. uh, they were close to the water. They were a thriving goblin community, mm-hmm. and uh, one day the during the rainy season, uh, the river started to flood the town and was destroying all of their houses. Uh, Gazebo managed to get out, and while uh, reaching to try and save his wife and son, a salmon jumped out of the water, slapped his wife in the face, and sent her and his son careening down the river where they drowned. Uh, technically, Reuben is a part of your guys' party. Is he? He is following you guys around. He's always around. Pycaran was at the, the tipping point. Now now things are, it's a downhill slope towards like a bunch of shit. You're close to bunch of stuff with Ferris's history. Um, you're gonna find out more stuff about Bard. Uh, you're not gonna find out anything about Gazebo. Oh, he got up. What was it? He got up on like a fucking. Uh... And he stood on the table. Yeah. <laughs> and struck a heroic pose and started telling you his backstory. No, wait. It would have only been Lorelai at that point that he was telling his story to, because everybody else would have known it. <laughs> no, yeah, he, but the first time you guys actually, no, yeah, no, yeah, it would have just been normal. <laughs> yeah. In the like, middle of a tavern. <laughs> would have just stood up on a table and fucking, yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I got a, I got a bunch more characters that you guys can meet and interact with. And then for what I have planned, a bunch of them will be, be, be returning. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
That's <laughs> golly. It's almost like Jacob Frost gave you that map for a reason. <laughs> I was like, hey, if you need to find me again, that might just be plot relevant. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't find a plot into this. I, yeah, I can tell. I, I even found a good theme song for the main villain. Oh, yay. <laughs> it's from Bloodborne. Like, you can recruit pretty much anybody to help you out in the future, so. Good. Well, now I have funding, so. <laughs> I'm scared as to what that, that means to my campaign. As a DM, <laughs> what's that going to mean for me? <laughs> I'm just going to have mass sending, like, every, every, uh, every night, just be like, Hey, bitch, we need you tomorrow. We need you in two days <laughs> <You're> like, here. <laughs> it's, it's just the D&D equivalent of dog with a block. <laughs> What's that? What are you? Go, no, they're gossip girls. <laughs> What's, what's what's up, haters? It's Runaway Princess 49, back out with you with another Daramore update. I just watched a goblin throw himself in the river and almost drown trying to kill his salmon. It has to be 25 words or less. Oh, your sending is only 25 words? My send, unless you want to make it no, longer. No, no, no you, you'll just have to send multiple sending spells. Um, Wait, is it, it's a spell, not a cantrip. It is a spell. Of a spell. I have that thing so I can talk to people that I can't normally talk to in my in my space. Fair. Fair enough. But in the long run, what's that gonna do for you? What's your end goal? The first thing I would do with my sending spell is talk to my family. Use my first sending to send a message to uh probably to his brothers. I just I'm trying to figure out what your plan is. Like usually people take spells because it's got like a like a utility. You're, you took sending, so you could send letters, basically. <laughs> so, what about when um, we all get to whatever the hell it was called? Keep. Aerith Scarrow Keep. Once we get that, and we have to have, like, because here's my plan. Oh, oh, okay, all right, long run? Yeah, okay, that, I, now I, I get where you're going with that. But also to keep people on track of, like, what's, because, like, if I already have the sending spell now, um, like, when we were doing the whole prison escape thing, I could have message or sent uh, sending to uh whatever her name was that checked in on us in Daramore. Lucia? Yeah, and then like so we fought Bard. You still can. Well <laughs> you could do it now. I can't do it now, <clears throat> but like be like so we found Bard and Wedge. Uh so he's still, not dead. <laughs> still gonna be still alive. <laughs> we were wrong. <laughs> Whoopsies. It also might be a good idea to, you know, tell her that Exegor was betraying the Sentinel Order, <laughs> selling them all out. Yeah! <laughs> so let's talk Shadows of the Past. Take it away. I'm interested to hear your rendition of my story. So, uh, we started out in Fairbrook, where we met Otto, mm-hmm. Ferris, and Bart. Mm-hmm. All I remember after that was going into the woods. Uh, what were you doing in the woods? Ferris and I went and fought bandits. Where he showed off how awesome he was as a level 12 dude. Yeah. I got a crystal. Do you remember what that crystal was? I don't remember the name of it specifically, but it's some sentinel's, like, thing that goes in their little sword. It's called Caffeinite or a Sentinel's Soul Crystal. Yes. And if it's if it's not shining, it means they're dead. Yeah. <clears throat> There's one other person you met there in the town of Farabrook. Christopher Mullet? Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, but he dies real soon. Ruben! Ruben, yes. Ruben. <laughs> the Watcher. The Watcher. We'll call him the Watcher. You can call him Like, you're supposed to call him. That's what he wants you to call him that, but you can. You guys can literally call him whatever you want. Are you rich? 
I mean, he would probably be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we met the Watcher. He stole Bard. He almost got him killed in the forest. He did. find out a little bit later all three of them were sentinels. Uh-huh. After Fairbrook, uh-huh. I think we just literally just spent the night in the forest and then we went back to Fairbrook. Uh, so saw Bo- Beauregard. Pissed him off. While he was burying what he assumed was his family. No, uh, he knew. Oh, he knew? Those are definitely his, his okay. sisters and his mom and dad. Okay. <clears throat> so the, 100% he knows that is his family there, though. Well, we, we tried to get him to come with us and he was like, yeah, this is not so much anymore. I'm not kind of him. He's still he's still pissed, but not not so much about it. Because if you didn't care about Anakin at that point, then if Anakin would have actually tried to do his duty to sell Beauregard, as he always would, he was pissed off about that first deal. So after that, I don't remember the town name exactly, but we <clears> met uh, the Kessels. We met the Sentinel. Well, they told us about Bard. The Bardon's a bitch, but he means well. Uh, we learned about the gonna tell these people what you found out about Bard. They just, he, he, obviously, what did he tell you about Okay, Bard? they told us that Bard was the bastard son of a king. Oh, jeez. I'm gonna word this completely wrong. Bard's blackmailed. Yeah. He is the thing keeping a, the sentinels alive right now. A, a bargaining chip. Yes. You got to escort out little seven-year-old Bard. We did. We got to see the, the vision where we were all the sentinels. You got to witness Bard's you got to live, witness and live through Bard's, Bard's trauma. trauma. Uh, we went to see Lord Hucker, where we talked with him about... What his reaction, what he was planning to right, do right, with right, the invasion. The and the invasion. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we learned that there were murders happening around Begrin. Yeah. And so uh, we all decided, instead of doing the jobs that Hawthorne gave us, to go check that out. So we, we investigated. We found the house, and Bard went in, because summoned um we'll get to that when we get to it yeah <laughs> we found the catacombs uh-huh. and went through the catacombs that's where i found my best friend in the entire world akira no kyle girl no no oh the queen of the wild yes <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like what who did you meet <laughs> yes okay you know the queen, queen of, the of the wild my best friend a all-powerful wizard trapped in the body of a snake. Nobody was able to find it until Akira was like, hey, look what I found. Speaking of Akira, we found his little lair. Got into a fight with him on the bridge. A bard died. <laughs> We're going to rewind a little bit. So Akira was trying to find a certain person for Garthigan, the demon lord that the Daedalic Order, which are old sentinels that basically are a splinter faction that killed the other sentinels and become their own thing that the Daedalic Order and Akira both work for. Garthigan is like, hey, try to these summoning circles. Akira made these circles. He wrote to summon the Lost Boy, and it was Bard. So Akira had no idea who he was summoning until Bard showed up. And then he's like, that motherfucker is the one I need. <laughs> and then, yes, and then he killed Bard. After Bard died, we went to Darren Oh, 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 oh. This 
is a very, very important person that I forgot to mention. We met this woman going through Daramore coming to... No, going from no. Bagram, Bagram to Daramore. We met Matray, who I put down as a lost wanderer looking for something or someone. She will be very, very important. She's a moonswalker. Yeah. You met a, a Gorgon with Bard took fighting a giant like a champ. I almost killed him. You did almost kill Bard. And then you went to Daramore. We met Gazebo! Yeah, he, he he stowed along with you in the town you dropped Matray off at. I, I love Gazebo. Everybody loves Gazebo. He's become, he's become my favorite, not my favorite NPC, besides Ferrets, but then, like, second. More so than Bard? You like Gazebo more than Bard? A little bit. <laughs> I like the comedic relief, you know, because it's all so serious. Give Bard some time to recover. Anyway, met Gazebo. You got we to, to Daramore. We were like, man, we should go check and see if they found Bard, because we had asked Samin if she could go check the bridge. Where the robber was. And find his body. So we went back. She couldn't find anything. Well, why? Why Why did she not have the time to find anything? Because Daramore was going to go, not Daramore, Dagrin was going to go under siege uh, at any time. The army were literally right outside <laughs> their gates. Um, you could see oh. the campfires and the siege towers and everything. They were they were going to, like, hella invade. <laughs> like, yeah, no. So, uh, she couldn't, sh she tried. She said she tried, but also, like, Ari was the, the captain, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, she couldn't find anything, so I went down to Ciceragh, who, uh, scribed for us, and, uh, said that we would find Bard, um, in a, in a place that we least expected him or something. No. Or in a way we least expected Your him. reunion would not be the kind that you were Technically, when I told everybody about the Queen of the Wild, because I was going to kill people <laughs> to bring Bard back. And that's when you met Kyalagor. And that is when I met Kyalagor. A, a small little demon snake that swims through shadows. And can eat someone and then and someone he talk. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's, he's Australian. He's not Australian. I, I decided to just use like the Joker's voice. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> ah, yes, this is what this is Kyalagor. <laughs> I, I really am looking forward to finding the perfect time to have him just fuck you over, by the way. Because he can just summon and unsummon himself. I know. And I, and I feel like I know when it's going to happen, and I'm so... I'm, I'm, I'm just so like, you're going to be like in the middle of a high-class function, drinking tea with a bunch of people, and they're like, <laughs> It's going to be with the Sentinels that like really don't like demons, and it's going to be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious, because they can kill him, but he'll just come back and just reform. Like... <laughs> You can't kill me, <laughs> you fucking idiots. So you got Kylagor. And then we were like, well, let's go have some fun in this very sad time. We went to a ball. You did? Oh, no. I, I am forgetting another very important character that we've met, too, actually. Mm -hmm. I was wondering when you'd mention them. Leif and Lorelai. Yes. <clears throat> Leif is a... Introduced himself as an entertainer. Yep, he goes to jousts and he participates as a competitive archer. I told him to be a distraction at the ball so Ferris and I could attend the ball. Because you're a runaway princess and Ferris is a sentinel. Yeah, so we told him to be a distraction. And <laughs> you said you'd go over the finer details with him about it and then you, you never talk to him again. And we figured out that he was... He's a burglar. He's a burglar. He's, he's, a, he's a thief. I'm really excited to see him again, if he ever comes. Oh, he's definitely coming back. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is not gone, and he certainly hasn't forgotten the fact you've blown him off twice. 
I, I did like him. I, I thought he was I thought he was a cool little thing. He, he, he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's technically not even from Daramore. And Lorelai is the best the best friend. She's the white-tailed diva. She yeah. is the eighth princess of Elabril, either the eighth or ninth. You know, she's got a lot of sisters, uh, and I think I think she's got like two brothers. But she's the youngest of all of her kid, uh, of all of her siblings. So uh, she's a satyr. So you know, they like to drink and party. It's why Daddy's Pilai game kind of sucks. <laughs> but she just travels around the world because she's like, I'm not really of much political importance. <laughs> they can they can marry off all my other brothers and sisters before they'll even worry about me. She's just <clears throat> singing and dancing and going around the world doing charitable good deeds. Hey, at least she would be able to do that. A lot of stuff happened that I can't really remember. We went to Elix. Yep, because you were trying to follow up on the Sentinel quest. Yes. Literally, you guys told the we Sentinels were, you were going to help them, and you yeah. went to go oh, help Lord we were, we were visited by a Sentinel, Misha, yes. as I now remember her name. The Air Genasi. And uh, she was like, hey, bitches, uh... What's up? Yeah, because at that point it had been like two and a half weeks. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck? No. No, it had it, been it, a month. It, yeah, it had been, been, been about three three weeks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she was like, hey, bitches, what's up? We made it to Elix and uh, we were like seeking for Wedge. We found his wife. Wife in her shop. Was and it? he told us that, or she told us, sorry, she told us that he was seeing Sentinel Exegor. In Pycaran. We met better and Rixus. You also met the captain of the guard, or the captain of the Imperial uh, Army that is working with the Daedalic Order. Also met Ishmael, the ferryman, and then Jacob Frost, the uh, smuggler. And Olantha, the blind-eyed, mysterious woman. So we, we made it to Pycron. We went to um, Exegor's Manor. Why don't, why don't you describe what it was like entering Pycron? Oh, it was uh, very heavily guarded, uh-huh. as um, the Imperial Army took over under Ithacon. Then we went to Exegor's manor. Yeah. Let's talk about Vetter real quick. Vetter, when he introduced himself, uh, knew about the Sentinels. I'm still kind of, what the fuck is up with that? He knows Ali Dean. He knows a lot of stuff about the Sentinels. Which, which is surprising because Ferris thought Ali Dean was dead. We went to Exegor's manor, uh-huh. uh, where we immediately went to a study because... Why wouldn't you? And so we found a bunch of shit. We were searching for sentinel shit because we were like, hey, Wedge is supposed to be here and so is Exegor, but he's dead. Yeah, Exegor uh, died. We didn't find anything about Wedge until we kind of searched. I found a quill. It was poison. They found like journals. Like, journals. Yeah, my quill opened something in the in the chest, uh, which was a little map. And the map was the map in the room showing us the secret code mm-hmm. and so better did the code and we found a whole bunch of sentinel shit uh like a sentinel sword 80 gold yep 80 gold and journals telling uh everybody where the sentinels were and uh, this was exegor's uh little journal that he gave to Othenheim. it was how he kept track of how much gold he was yeah. making selling out the other he literally was living comfortably in this big manor, which none of you asked, like, like I don't think any of you, many of you asked Ferris what he thought about the manor. I but could tell by the way he threw the book. 
Okay. Well, I meant like before, because oh. if you'd asked for this, you'd be like, yeah, we're supposed to be keeping it low. You got like this big manor, you got servants, like I don't know where the fuck you hid your money. Yeah. But if he hid it, he was living big because he was selling out the other center. Ferris is pissed. Exactly <laughs> so. Everybody else is mad. A lot of his friends that survived the night of silence were sold out and killed because yeah. of Edgar Miller. After that, we... We went to go check on the body. We went to the uh, clinic where we saw... Sandbox. Made busy by my son for the day. She got him super high. Yeah, she got him super high. Oh my god, wait, I still have the candies. We found out that the crimson rock was what was... to go to the prison. Why? Oh man, were there any clues to send you to the prison? There was, like, posters everywhere about the Demon Guard. Yes, and, and the Demon Guard is a derogatory job. phrase yes, for a derogatory sentinel. phrase for a sentinel. Okay, we were like, damn, now we should go see who, like, is that's Wedge? Because we all thought it was Wedge. I thought it was Wedge even before the session started, because we knew that beforehand. We bet, no, me and Ben are bet on the sentinel, um, and then we went in, we saw one, we were like, oh, Sentinel, and Bard is alive. The next session, after that. What a roller coaster of emotions for Ferris had there, huh? Uh-huh. We were going to get Bard out eventually, because, you know. He's our boy. He's my son. <laughs> we go to Ishmael, and we're like, hey, you should get us here in the morning. I would if I could. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't. I can't. Uh, but we told him to get here at six, uh, get there at six, back and forth. Um, and then we made this whole plan that we would dress up as guards, go into the prison, um, scope it out, and then leave with Bard. How are you gonna leave with Bard? You're leaving on another important character, Jacob Frost. We'll get there. So we were like, "Hey, can you also get us out of here?" And he was like, "Sorry, I." So upset, and he's just like, "No, you're like, oh god damn it! I fucking of course you can. There's no way we can do it." And I was like, "I was just like, let me talk." <laughs> we found Jacob, found little Bard, and gambled money. We did. It was not fun. And he cheated. He cheated. He did. He was a dick. So then we got into a bar fight because he cheated. Yeah. Uh, Ferris went to punch somebody. No, Ferris punched somebody. Not somebody. Not a single hit. Somebody punched me, so I killed some random guy. Yeah, you just straight up murdered a random person. <laughs> not even in self, not even in self defense, because you don't know who it was. Yeah, just a random dude murdered in the middle of a tavern. And he was like, "I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you if you take this letter that I have that is perfectly forged and put a stamp on it." Because um, he can't forge the stamp. He can't forge the stamp. Because he doesn't know what it looks like. superstitious. That's why he was freaking out. Yeah, I that was the first time I told Ferris off. Um, we were trying to find information on Sentinel Wedge, and she was like, well, he's probably here in the prison. Well, she said he was in the town, but yes. then he was taken to the prison. Yes. We 
figure that out. Again, I think Rick Fox for the first time is being looking from the gazebo. Big thing about Ferris's character, he's not very good at expressing himself. I know! I was it's, so happy when you laughed. It's a huge part of his character. And then we all kind of came together and we were like, alright, let's go save Bart. So then the next morning, we got up. Jacob Frost wanted us to steal the pendulum of different, uh, all the people in the prison. Pretty, pretty much just like the all, all the name of all the prisoners in, yes. in, in the jail. How do you break a prison? Because, you know, the waves are breaking in it, and there's winds, it seems like a problem. Guarded by Merfolk. Merfolk. Uh, you did get a side quest from uh, one of the Merfolk, by we the way. We totally did, and we're totally not doing it. <laughs> the Eurixus has that necklace that glows when you get close. Right, right. It's literally like there there is a tiara that controls one of their old deities. But you do, you do, ha- you do have that future potential ally, by the way, if you managed to do her side quest. In the sequel, she might actually be a much more major character. We went to go try to steal the pendulum of the names, and I got Lord Oath and Hines by sneaking in as a guard while they kind of scouted around the cargo place. Mm-hmm. That's where Jacob was going to meet us, and uh, made our descent. We did the prison thing. It's, I worked hard on that map. I know, and it was really good. Thank you. <laughs> like I actually had a difficult time trying to figure out which door went where. <laughs> that was that was that was the point. Yep. And we found Lieutenant Garth, who is the beast of the shop, basically offered us he would help us if we got his armor. And so we were and like set him free. We were like, Hey, we'll set you free and get your armor and all that when we're about to when like after we save Bart, because told us that uh, in order to get into the icebox, which is where Bart was being held, you had to get a key and charge it up. Uh, so we headed for the warden's office where the key would be working. We fought her, but we did mop the fucking floor with them. Not a single one of you attacked the statues. We found the key, and then we kind of like time-skipped over everything. So then we made it to the lockbox where I uh, to the icebox where I scared the shit out of a man. And we managed to the icebox, and we saw Bard! Uh, he was like, bro, uh, illusions, get the fuck out. <laughs> we all were like, illusions. Uh, so we convinced him as much as we could, and then got out with Bard. With Angaris, Bard, and all that fun stuff. So, Bard, Freed, prison. Bard, Freed, um, riot. most people in the prison freed, so we, start, we started a riot. Yes, in, in, in the uh, the most dangerous prison on the entire planet. We waited for Jacob, made it onto the ship. We went to Pycron, and we all saw that it was being raided by, or not really raided by, but... Uh, it was a little bit raided by. My Dave Laporta was there. Technically, uh, they were always there. You guys just didn't explore. Yeah. Well, we were there. Uh, surprise, surprise. And so we were like, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of here. While we were all kind of stealthing away, stopped in to listen to the conversation. You did. Did I? Yeah, it was you. Oh. And they were talking about burning Pycron down like they did with Fairbrook. So I went to tell Jacob. He was like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Here's a map. Oh, straight up, by the way, if you didn't hear that, dead. Yeah, Jacob was out. I went to go tell everybody else, and Mala saw me. Fucking bitch. And so... Uh, that can't possibly have any repercussions if you were hanging around so much. I know! Uh-huh. Ran back to Forlorn Eye, um, because we thought it was like there. 
but he was there. He did see Bob Zag. She had left us a note saying, hey, do that thing with the bookcase. Book yeah. And so uh, it let us out um, on the outskirts of our town. Yeah. And that's kind of where we, we stopped. I'm really excited because you've been hyping, you've been hyping up after we saved Bard. Now it's like war. Before it was like an empire with a kind of like poking. There's going to be imperials everywhere. We're going to be are going to be trying to survive and attack. Um, sh- you haven't even fucking interacted with the uh, the other lords with, with them. Um, there's Hawthorn and then there's Oathenheim. There's Hawthorn, Oathenheim, Argyle, and uh, I'm sorry, Argyle and uh, Gygax. There's two more you haven't interacted with. Um, obviously, you're going to do something about the king. There's a lot of shit that's going to happen, but Pycaran uh, literally is just the Daedalic Order is now marching into the town. Gaius has already taken over Beckland, so he's already got a foothold on us. They've literally taken over, like, half of Derivan at this point. The two lords and the king place is already out of You're gonna find all this out. Like I said, this is the tipping point. You'll learn a bit more about what Mauler's trying to do, more about the Emperor's trying to do. You'll figure out why the wars happened, like, what everyone's whole end game is. Honestly, I wanna know why that happened. I have my reasons. Why not? I can't tell you. It's okay, I can ask my brother with my sending spell. He's not dead. I is he in good graces with his mom and dad? No. You told me they were part of the resistance. You told me they were part of the resistance. You can't blame this on me. Just because he's a part of the resistance doesn't mean he's <laughs> like. It could be like Princess Leia being part of the Rebel Alliance. I don't fucking see Star Wars. She supports them, but secretly. But she's like still goes to all like the meetings and she's like, oh my god, oh yes, hello. Totally with the Empire. But on the DL, it's just like, oh, here we go. We're gonna fuck this. <laughs> that could be his role. Like, he's just like, he still walks around the castle. Just oh, because he's so. a part of the resistance doesn't mean he's literally like, Viva la Revolucion! He's killing the guards in the street. I imagine you're, the resistance is like a bunch of freedom fighters and they're like, you know, spray painting things on walls and being like, oh, king, king and queen are poopy heads. Look at them. Draw mustaches on their paintings and everything. Imagine their resistance doesn't have a lot of traction, but they definitely don't want them fucking, so they're definitely going to take it down. His involvement can be as deep or as shallow as you want it to be. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the party if Tia dies. Oh, she's she's building her own family. She's already got Bard and Ferris. I don't think we need anybody else. She's got her pet. You got, you, got the, you got the dad, you got the son, you got the pet, and you got the crazy aunt. <laughs> How excited for the sequel. I have, to, I have to focus on finishing this one first, and then I'll put a bunch more time in I after know, the sequel. I know, but now I'm like, I need, I need, I have so much to learn about Bard. It's going to be interesting to see what you do when you have to revert Tia back to level one. I have my plans for what I wanted to make her. Um, if, do you know what to do with the sequel? Sequel. I can make her chaotic again, because she was chaotic evil. <laughs> I mean, hell, fuck it. In the sequel, you could just straight up make Tia full-on psychopath. I want to. You could. I would, I would homebrew an entire leveling tree and everything for you. You could straight up just play a psychopath. Because <laughs> you definitely have been, you would definitely be trained at that point. Yeah. I pretty much would lower everyone back down to their original level. Either one or three, depending on where I want to start for the sequel. Because um, I know what a couple characters are going to be doing, but I don't want to just 
there's only a few that are not interlocking. Because my reasoning for why you guys are going to go back to level one, unless you give me a different reason, is going to be because you just haven't been adventuring for a while, so you're yeah. kind of rusty. Or in Tia's case, you're trying something entirely new. you're having there. <laughs> Just don't let that happen. Or not. Bullshit. I would have been fine if it was the other way around. <laughs> Ferris killed Bard? Yes! Why would you be okay with that? Because I put Ferris alive. Wow. <laughs> He's my favorite NPC. <laughs> See, this is, this is why I thought you guys didn't give a shit about Bard when he left. <laughs> I thought Bard was the NPC everybody loved. <laughs> What do you have against Bard now? Just where is the Bard hate coming from? Yeah, because I don't want to be kill Ferris. <laughs> but Ferris wouldn't can't bring himself to kill Bard. I will. I mean, you could try. <laughs> T Tia would kill Bard. Yeah. You can't mess with Ferris. Uh, I mean, could she? She's a king. Bard's eighteen. <laughs> I'm just saying there is the possibility that Bard and Ferris could fight. I I can't I won't tell you anything more than that, and you're not gonna be able to piece it together. If certain things happen and certain criteria are met, I do have the possibility that Bard kills Ferris. It is not in Ferris's character to kill Bard. If you really think Tia could bring herself to kill Bard. You gotta you gotta think of it as which one would she prefer? Would you rather kill your brother? Pretend your husband. Also, what the fuck makes you think Ferris would be okay with you if he watches you kill Bard? It wasn't me. I have a demon in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me show you what Sentinels do to people that have demons in their head. <laughs> you do understand. He's literally trained his whole life to fight people like you. Like, I know! <laughs> and why he sticks around is really weird. Dude, Sentinels are fucked right now. They are not in a good place. Like... If it makes you feel any better, they're losing people uh, way slower than Daramore is now. <laughs> they're, they're definitely... <laughs> they're more stable than the kingdom of Daramore. Oh my god. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. What? You're not allowed to do that. What? I don't? No. Bard and Ferris. I just said it. You're not allowed to do that. I'm the DM. I'm allowed to do whatever <laughs> no, the fuck no. I want. Possibility, and I don't see it happening, but it definitely was something I was fucking with way back in the uh, early stages of this campaign, was having uh, Bard fight Ferris, and obviously Ferris was like, I can't, I've watched you grow up, I can't kill you. The reason it would have to play out like that is because Ferris wouldn't be able to back down 
but he also couldn't fight Barlet. He also couldn't kill Barlet, but he, he wouldn't give up. He's just like, I can't, I can't let you, I can't let what's go, what you're trying to do happen, but I also can't bring myself to stop you. I really don't see this ending happening, but then again, we're only just now having the snowball brawl. So, <laughs> it could still happen. But then again, anybody could kill Ferris. Anything could happen. I, Tom, Tom, Tomas Arlen could show up and kill Ferris if you guys fuck the plot up. And you're acting like this is an ultimatum that can actually. No, the it, Queen it, of the Wild could show up and seduce Ferris that. if I wanted to have him. told anyone about Steel. Steel is a narf um, that you've made up, basically. You know what fucking pisses me off, by the way? I made up narves back in I want to say when I was in third grade. Uh -huh. So I was oh, fuck 10, right around there. Uh -huh. And then a few years later, M. Night Shyamalan made this movie called The Lady in the Water, or whatever the fuck. You know what she is? She's a fucking narf. He called it narf. I'm like, god damn it. So now everybody's gonna think, I got narf from an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> like, how the fuck? But that also makes me feel better about myself, because M. Night Shyamalan came up with an idea that a fucking kid in third grade didn't, and put it in, like, an actual movie. <laughs> and he's like, it's a narf. <laughs> like, I'm like, mine at least looks like a fiction, you know, like a fictitious creature. Yours is just like a like a chick. And you called her a narf. Like, mine makes sense because it looks goofy. 
You're just an idiot. Narves are uh, creatures of legend that people don't even know if they exist. Uh, they're known for being like tricksters and this and that, uh, and they kind of just disappear if you look away for a second, which you guys now know personally is they can teleport. Um, there is a legend that said, states if you manage to grab a narf by their ear, uh, they will grant you a wish. Um, which you guys now know is they don't really grant a wish, they just steal what you ask them to. If Steel needs someone dead, which you'd have to really, really, really piss him off, you don't stand a chance. He would teleport you, like, miles above the ground and then just leave. And you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Nars were created by a god to help him find a way to escape, and then he abandoned them without a cause. So they're a half-finished race, which is why they can't do any of their own magic, but they can enhance anybody's magic that they touch. Which, by the way, if you get steel, uh, and then you do, like, Witch's Bolt, its damage is multiplied by three, and still costs you one spell save. So what? Witch's Bolt does, like, 2d10? Yeah. It would do 6d10, and you, you would just focus, and they would take 6d10 every turn for as long as Steel is damn, attached damn. to you. Jesus. It literally, basically, he just temporarily imbues you with the feeling of being a god, <laughs> is what it's like. So Tia would probably really like that, because she's just like, oh my god, I feel so fucking strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's oh, and it comes in a cute little package. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All he needs is some belly rubs. We love steel. I love. I like steel. Now he's not my favorite NPC, though. Ferris, but he's in my top 